Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Zero Limit Life podcast. My name is Olusheye Igbafe, your host, and as always, I'm glad to have you. I trust you have been keeping well. Today, I want to have a conversation about a concept I learned a while ago that I found very interesting, and it is called learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. Now, what is learned helplessness? It is a situation or a condition in which a person develops a sense of powerlessness um, as a result of maybe a traumatic event or failure in something that they have done. In other words, it is, it is when a person has this inaccurate belief, and the word inaccurate is very important, this inaccurate belief that something is impossible based on their previous experience. You, maybe they've had a bad experience, and so they believe that this experience is unchangeable, I failed in the past, I don't think I can get this. And for me, this is what, you know, what underlines beliefs like, oh, I don't know mathematics. Oh, I don't know how to operate, tech, you know, new gadgets or I'm not good at technology and things like that. Now, there are certain experiments, several experiments, as a matter of fact, that has been conducted on both animals and humans that show that when people or when human beings or even animals experience some level of trauma or abuse or other situations, they eventually learn to become helpless. If nothing they do changes it, you know, they internalize that belief that ah, I've done everything I know how to do. Nothing has worked. So, you know, I'm not capable of changing my own life. Now, one of the experiments that, that, you know, depicts learned helplessness, which I find very interesting is what is called the pike syndrome. The pike is a type of fish and this fish feeds on smaller fishes, right? So in this experiment, scientists put the pike in a large aquarium. And then they put smaller fishes, you know, the type that the pike normally feeds on in the same aquarium. Of course, the instinct, the moment the pike saw the fish, the pike started rushing towards the other end of the aquarium to eat those smaller fishes. However, the, the scientists placed a glass barrier between the pike and the smaller fishes. So as the pike was, you know, rushing off to go eat the smaller fishes, it hit its head or its pointy nose against the glass. And it couldn't reach its prey. So he did that again and again, smashing his head against the glass, but it couldn't reach the smaller fishes. So after several painful and fertile attempts, the pike abandoned the process and sank to the bottom of the tank and just lay there. Now, when the scientists noticed this, they removed the glass partition, but the pike just stayed put. The, the pike ignored the smaller fishes. Eventually, the smaller fishes swam to where the pike was and swam around it but the pike never made any attempt to get those fishes eventually the pike starved to death yes right in the tank right in the midst of those fishes and so what happened is that the pike because of having failed to get to those fishes learned you know helplessness and this is just this has happened to so many people you know they have smashed their faces or their noses against the glass ceiling or the wall of a job or a business or a skill several times and now they have stopped trying. So even when conditions have changed, when the barriers have been removed or re reduced or anything like that, they still make no attempt, you know? And the, the, the funny thing or the scary thing, if I may say, is that this experiment were also conducted on human beings. The outcome was exactly the same. So basically, learned helplessness can change how the mind works, change how the brain works, and it erodes to critical aspects of a person's well-being. The first thing is it, it erodes the self-efficacy and it erodes the internal locus of control. And this gradually affects the person, uh, you know, uh, as a whole. 
Now, how, you know, how do I say this? When, when you learn, when you develop learned helplessness in one thing, it eventually begins to apply in other areas of your life. Remember that the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So over time, learned helplessness becomes damaging to the individual who gives into it. Now, when I talk about it, it erodes the self-efficacy. Self-efficacy is your level of confidence, you know, that you can tackle challenges or that you can learn new skills. It is a degree to which you as a person believe that let the situation come, I can handle it. So when you give in to learn helplessness, you then develop a low self-efficacy. And self, low self-efficacy is, is learned. So let's give an example. Let's say, for example, you go on the road, you try to drive, you're learning how to drive, you have a few nemesis, you are so afraid of driving. You can then decide that, look, driving is not for me. I failed, I failed my driver's test. I've almost had accidents. You know, I don't want to drive or I can't drive because I don't want to drive. It's very different. Man. I can't drive or public speaking. I don't, I can't speak in front of a crowd because I've, I've tried speaking in front of a crowd once or twice. I froze up. I couldn't get the words out. So I can't do it. And that is what learned, learned helplessness is about. The second part of, of your being that it affects is your internal locus of control. And that is the degree to which you believe that circumstances are under your control. Now, when you begin to give in to learned helplessness. You then begin to lower your, uh, your internal locus of control. These things where you put together actually reduce how confident and how empowered you are to handle and tackle the challenges in your life. Now, of course, learned helplessness can also be done as uh, a means of gaining dependency or maintaining dependency. And you see that when it comes to maybe gender roles, you see a man saying, I don't know how to cook. I can't cook. I can't carry a baby. Because there's somebody else to do it. So, and they don't want to, they don't want to do it. Okay. They don't want to do that. And of course you have women on the other side as well. And I'm not trying to stereotype saying things like, Oh, I cannot handle the generator. I cannot change a tire. And most of the time as well, it's also because there's somebody else to do it. The danger in that is that when you repeat a lie to yourself too often, it then becomes your truth. It's not the truth, but it becomes your truth such that, um, in situations where people, have actually needed to bring out those skills or to do those things. They find themselves unable to do because they have told themselves over and over again that they can't do it. Now, how do you identify learned helplessness in your life? It has a few key features and I like to talk majorly about two. Number one is that if you give in to learned helplessness, if you're always like, I don't know how to do this. I can't do this. I could never do this. I could never learn this. You become passive in the face of challenges. When challenges come, when obstacles come, you'll be ever needing to be helped. You'll be ever needing to be rescued. You'll be, you'll always be needing others to take charge for you. You will not be able, because everything about life is about building skills and building capabilities. So when you don't build yourself to be able to face situations, when situations come, you won't be able to face them because you have not built that part of you. So you become passive in life. And of course, challenges that you should easily overcome will overcome you. Number two, they easily give up. You know, a key feature of people who work in learning places is that they, they easily give up. You know, they do what they know best to do. They try their own ability. But when they get to the end of their rope, then they're like, ah, I've done what I know how to do. But sometimes you have to do things you don't know how to do. You have to go out of your way. You have to learn a new thing. You have to get somebody else to help you. You have to um, learn from somebody else and so many other things like that. So you see people who say things like, oh, I've tried at that business or oh, I've tried at that exam or, and rather than thinking that, okay, what am I not doing right? What am I not getting right? What can I do differently? They focus on the fact that I've done my best. I failed this exam several times. I'm never going to pass it. And then they give up on it. So people who give in to learn their blessedness begin to allow it to affect the whole of their life. 
because it, it, this happens very gradually, but it happens over time. It affects their self-esteem. They develop a victim mentality. They then take responsibility away from themselves and give it to other people. Another, another consequence of learned helpless is, you know, this adult entitled dependence. Very, very interesting. Whereby you as a person, so going back to the very uh, mundane example I gave, if you as a person cannot cook, even when there's food in the house, once that adult, once that other person that you're dependent on to cook is not there, you go hungry because you have told yourself that you can't cook. So even in the midst of plenty, you could be starving. And you know, the same thing could happen to, to, to a lady. She's driving, it's dark, it's by lonely road, she has a flat tire. But because she has told herself that she cannot, she can't change the tire. So rather than change the tire and get out of that place in 10, 20 minutes, she's there flagging, you know, God knows who down and putting her whole life at risk. And this happens to people on so many levels. But the good news, the good news about learned helplessness is the word learned because it is learned. Nobody is born helpless. You look at a situation and you evaluate and declare yourself helpless in that situation because it is learned. It can be unlearned. So I'll share with you a few tips on how do you unlearn this learned helplessness. The first thing for me is a strong sense of belief in you. You know, a strong sense of self-belief. Believe that you can do anything. You can learn anything. You can be anything. You can achieve anything. I'm not saying that, you know, if you learn how to paint tomorrow, you're going to be the best painter in the world, but you can, you can paint if you choose to paint. Okay. For me, this belief is rooted in the scripture, particularly Philippians chapter four, verse 13, that says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I take the scripture literally. And I believe that I can, if I make up my mind, if I decide that I want to, then I can do it. That doesn't mean I want to do everything, but if I decide that I want to, then I'll be able to. So believe strongly in yourself, believe in your potential, believe in your abilities, believe in your potentials, believe in your ability to do things, believe in your abilities to overcome challenges and situations. And that will go a long way in shaking off any kind of helplessness, in shaking up any kind of, of victim mentality. The second thing that you can do is to, you know, change your inner dialogue because it starts from what we tell ourselves. Learn helplessness has a lot to do with the story you tell yourself. So when you tell yourself that nobody taught me as a child, I am incapable, that is your story. And of course, your story is what you will manifest. So change that dialogue and say, even though nobody taught me, I can go on YouTube and I can learn this thing. Even though this looks complicated, I can go on YouTube, I can go on Google, I can do a research and I can learn it. So change that dialogue. And for you to change that dialogue, I'll go to my number three tip, which is that write down all those things that you believe are, you know, you can't do. Write down your limiting beliefs, things that, ah, I can never do this. Oh, I don't think I can. Write them down and take a critical look at them and ask yourself, can I really not do this? You find out that there are some you don't enjoy doing, some you don't want to do, but you have very little, if any, that you cannot do. And that I can do is what leads you to, you know, my number four tip, which is always look for solutions. Looking for solutions is, is um, I can actually have a podcast about it because it is very important to live in a successful life. And I'll talk about this on two levels. One, you know, as somebody who works in a team or you work in an organization, train yourself to always look for solutions. A lot of people always run to their boss's office. Oh, we have a problem. Oh, we have a problem. That's fine. That's okay. But before you run to your boss to say you have a problem, you look for solutions so that when you go, they say, we have a problem. These are the solutions I think we can, can adopt. You know, what do you think? You know, don't run there empty handed because that is what is called delegating upwards. You must learn how to challenge yourself to look for solutions. Go on Google, search YouTube, talk to people, make calls. Don't allow people to always think for you. And the, the, the second part of this I want to talk about is, you know, about how we raise our children. Children tend to come to us every time there's a problem. Mom, there's a problem. Dad, there's a problem. You know, I don't know what to do. 
your response should always start with what do you think you should do what 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 do you think you should do what can you do so you teach them and you train them how to start thinking for themselves right from when they are young and it becomes a part of them to look for solutions make an habit of first looking for solutions before you say oh there's no way out Oh, I cannot do this. You know, use everything that you have. We live in a, in a, in the twenty first century world with so much technology, so much access to information and knowledge. Leverage on that first before you run out of skelter, saying that you don't have solution. Number five, focus on the effort and not the outcome. Now, if if for example you you try to let's say cook or you try to paint, it might not come out as beautiful or as wonderful as you want it to be. But the fact is that you tried, you attempted. And if you think back in your life, this has always been the pattern. The first time you started to walk was not when you started walking. The first time you started to crawl was not when you started crawling. The first time you tried to drive was not when you became an expert driver. Things take time. So every time you make an effort at something that you think you're not good at, you know, celebrate your win. Celebrate yourself for even making an effort. And you find that with consistency, you become better. Lastly, be optimistic. When things happen to your life, be optimistic. Always have the mindset of somebody who can overcome, somebody who can triumph, somebody who can, who can do something, who can make an effort, who can challenge the situation, who can go far. Always have that attitude than to resign and to give in and to just, you know, just like, you know, give up and die um, when things come to you. Let me wrap up by saying this. The most important part of overcoming land helplessness is a strong belief in yourself. You must always believe in yourself in your ability in your potentials i'm not saying be unrealistic but i'm saying that believe that you can make an effort and with that as you make more progress as you have more successes your confidence will grow and of course your abilities will grow and that's a wrap for today's episode i hope you have learned something i hope you have enjoyed it till i come your way next time please remember to share this with family and friends and do drop a comment um take care of yourself god bless you and bye bye